just for anyone that's new here, um, I just felt before just we do things a little bit differently at times. God does some crazy stuff, which is really cool. There's a, there's a scripture in the book of Romans 14, um, verse 17, that says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And every now and then you might hear people just cackling or laughing. And I just want to explain so you don't feel this is a weird place. This is absolutely normal. Righteousness comes from Jesus Christ setting us free. He gives us he gives us a new nature. He makes us clean and pure and right before him. So when we're right with God, we wind up having peace with our creator. We're, we've made peace because we're no longer in conflict. We're no longer... Um, sorry, just, I might turn these a little bit. It's not booming. That, that should stop it booming. Um, so what, what that does is we're made righteous, then we get peace with God because we don't have anything you know, that's conflicting with God. And if we're at peace, we become joyful. We actually can laugh. We can be set free. So the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom of God is righteousness. We are made right with him first. Second, we get peace because there's nothing that we need to do to prove ourselves with God anymore. And the third one is we laugh. We get filled with joy. So when you hear people laughing, it's not weird. It's actually God setting people free or, or just, just connecting with people, just realising that, hey, I've got nothing to prove. I'm, I'm free. I'm right with my Father and I can laugh and I can be myself. So I just want to encourage you because stuff does happen and it is God. That's not weird, it's God. Next thing I want to do is I want everyone just to lay their hands on the ground for a minute. I love the Word of God. The Word of God has so many promises that unlock His goodness. It says in the Bible that wherever our feet tread, that is our inheritance. I want our hands and our feet on the ground right now. We're going to pray for Darwin right now to be saved. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand upon Your Word. Your Word says it never comes back empty. And you say that wherever our soles of our feet tread, that is our inheritance. And Lord, we claim Darwin as our inheritance. In the name of Jesus, we call you Darwin home. We call you to know that you are loved, that you are saved, and your Father is the God of all the universe. In Jesus' name, we claim Darwin as our inheritance. Right now, you shall be saved. Amen. I'm not here to preach. I'm here to release God. I'm here to see an encounter. I'm here to see us unlocked. Because God is so good. Just like what Ruth was saying before, she was on the ground, just moved in tears because of the presence of God. I was, I've got so much stuff burning in my heart from the Father, but this morning I just thought, I'm going to dedicate, as long as it takes today, I'm not going to, Answer the phone except for a few calls from Glenn. <laughs> um, that's all good. It's all good. Not important calls. He's, he's fixing our house up. And I had so many things burning on my heart and I just felt the Lord's jealousy for me. He wanted me 
He wants us more than anything on this planet. He wants our attention. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says he has never studied to prepare a message for his church. Not once. He studies because he wants to be closer to the Father's heart. And if that's not good enough for his church, then it's just not good enough. So what I'm sharing is just my journey with the Father because I don't want to make something up that I haven't lived. God calls for authentic. So what I wanted to share on today was just revival starts with us. Revival starts with us. So what does that look like? It means Jesus is truly Lord of our lives. Like we pray the prayer when we, we come to Jesus, we, we, we have our lives transformed, we pray a prayer, we say, Jesus, we're sorry for our sins, we thank you that you died for our sins, come into my life as Lord and Saviour. They're words. But what do those words actually mean? What does Jesus is Lord mean? I just want a couple of people here, just randomly, who can tell me what, what it means, Jesus is Lord. Rules and reigns. So good. He's in control. That means I'm not. I'm not in control. That's pretty cool. One more. He's our leader. How many people here can say that Jesus is in control of their lives right now? How many people can say that Jesus is the ruler of their lives right now. How many people can say that Jesus has the last say in all they do right now? <laughs> That's good. If not, it doesn't matter. God loves you anyway. And this is an opportunity for us to, to acknowledge where we're at. It's just like putting a little thermometer in the water and seeing how hot or cold it is. And then from there we can say, I want more of that. Help me. I've got a prayer. We're going to pray at the end. So when we wake up to who we are and whose we are, what happens? Jonathan, what happens? Sorry? Get full of joy. That's so good. We win. We win. We win. Romans 8, 35 to 37, it says, Despite all these things, and all these things are all, you know, it says calamity and all sorts of stuff that goes on. And it says, despite all these things, and he also talks about the, the depth and the breadth and the width and the height of the love of the Father can't be separated from us. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We win every time we let Jesus be Lord. I've had the best and the most challenging time in the last 12 months walking into permanent expression of the, of the promises of God manifesting in our world. And it's been a long journey to get to that place of actually understanding that when God speaks a promise, it's for us to take hold of. 
He's never going to give it to us on a platter. It's like he says, hey, guess what? You can be this. You can have this. All you need to do is believe. But then what happens is we've got someone that's really jealous called the devil that comes along and whispers in our ears or creates circumstances to go the other way, like what it says in the, in the verse before in Romans, probably Romans 8, 34, um, that tries to corrupt the promise of God. And even this week and every week, like God gave, me, gave Lou and I a promise. We really pursued God last year to see significant breakthrough because we know we're destined for something great in this city and the devil knows that too so he just tries to derail everything that we try and do so we pursued God and he gave us a dream and he gave us a word and we have not let go of that word and what I've learned over this last 12 months is that whoever we believe and agree with we empower whoever we believe and agree with we empower so we can empower God and his promise or we can empower the devil and his lies. And whichever one we partner with, we eat the fruit of. So just because God has promised us something amazing doesn't mean it's going to happen unless we agree. And that takes a bit of shifting of our thinking and a bit of deciding I've had enough of the other way. Like I've lived in love with Jesus for probably 35 years and I reckon the last three years I've lived in lots of freedom I've always loved him I've always burnt hard for him but a lot of the time was out of performance because that's what I knew that's what I was taught then Dave and Ruth came into our world and at the same time I'd, I'd been speaking to God and said I've had enough of this I've had enough of my agenda I want to change I want something to change this life can't keep going this way and so he said to me, learn about love, learn about grace. And then very shortly after we met, <laughs> we, we met Dave and Ruth and um, they started talking about sonship, they started talking about intimacy, they started talking about identity and that was all tying into stuff we were hearing about from Bill Johnson and from um, Joseph Prince, which really changed a lot of things. I'm not even anywhere near my notes. <laughs> I only spent three, three hours on it preparing just to ignore it. But my heart is the heart of the Father and his heart is for us. Hey, what he's speaking, what he's releasing right now, if you catch this, this will change your life. So this week and most weeks, we're pursuing the, you know, the promises of God and, and great things happen and then all of a sudden something goes to try and take it all out. But the awesome, thing is, the awesome thing is the more we remember the goodness of God and, and that he's quick to, to his word and his promise, the quicker we recover from attack. And this week, it's like it gets quicker and quicker every time. Like I get all this really good news. We're getting this awesome stuff happening with our business and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out. It's like, what? <laughs> but God, you said. And that's what we could be doing Instead of saying, but God, you said, I, I go to him and say, God, you promised. I'm standing with you and I'm agreeing with you that this is going to happen. And what's happening in my life right now is actually a lie. And as I've been doing that, 
a, a call came through this just earlier this week. I had a new property to sell. I had the buy for it full price, and the owner just rang up and said, "Oh, someone told me that you're you're a fraud and that you've just undersold our property. We're taking it off the market." And I'm thinking, we've just had this independently valued. But I thought, no, I'm not going to let this um, determine what's you know, what's going to happen with my life. So I just said, God, you promised. I'm standing on that. And I chose not to partner with that lie, even though it was manifesting as a reality. And so what happened, within 10 minutes, the phone rings, someone else says, hey, Julio, I've been thinking about you. I want you to come and sell my house. And the property's worth way more. And it's like, if we continue to believe with God, the devil may come at us one way, but he's going to flee seven. There's actually a scripture that talks about that. In, in the book of Psalms. So I want to encourage everyone here to realise that promises are for our future, but we need to choose to partner with them. We need to choose to partner with God or they'll never happen. And everything on this planet will come against it to make you not believe and to make you to agree with the opposite. So we've got to decide at one point in our life that enough is enough I'm going to live as God's promise because the way he's promised is full of joy it's ridiculous it's really really good like I'm just I was just having such a blast tonight worshipping thanks so much Jonathan you're amazing and the, the worship team you guys are incredible I enjoy it because I know God's good and that's the revelation we need to continue to, to walk in and discover if we understand that God is good Everything is going to be good all the time. So revival, it starts with us. It starts with us believing. It starts with us living as God says we can. Because people outside in the world have seen religion and they don't like it. Therefore, they don't like God because they link religion with God and it's so far removed from the truth. People want to be loved, they want to be given hope, and they want to see a real and authentic God. And guess what, guys? The Bible says in Corinthians that we are now the body of Christ. So we are his representative. So how we choose to live our lives is how we represent God. Pretty scary, but pretty awesome. But how awesome is this? God so much wants, he burns for revival, he burns for this city to be saved, but he burns more for us. And if we get the basics down in our heart, we can charge with the rest of the message. You are more important to God than revival. You are more important to God than revival. You are his revival. I am his revival. It says in Luke 15, verse 4 to 7, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that was lost until he finds it? And when he found it, he will joyfully carry it home in his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice! with me because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, 
There is more joy in heaven when one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. God loves us. We're the one. He loves us. He thinks we're incredible. You are his mission. And revival starts with us. We are revived when we know that God would stop everything just for one. Because when we live in this world, knowing that we are that special to God, we become infectious. So infectious. It was so cool. On, on Sunday, we, we have our um, church leaders our group with Dave and Ruth and a whole bunch of other amazing people. And um, we're just going to the shops down in Coolinga to get some food. And I was just at the checkout. And um, Lou was busy stopping for the one. She saw, saw someone that she's done training with who was all strapped up and everything with a shoulder and in pretty chronic pain and couldn't move a shoulder. And she says, oh, come over here. I'm on the checkout putting everything, she's about to put everything through. Come over here. My husband loves to pray for sick people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I was just hanging to get home and chill out. And <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good because we realise, hang on, God is always pursuing the one. So we, we got to praying. I just shared a couple I shared a testimony. I said, look, I've prayed for other people. There's this one particular lady who worked in a shop and we prayed 10 times before she actually experienced something. So I said, we're just going to keep praying until you experience something. Is that okay? And we're in the sort of queue where the self-serving stuff is. So we start praying and the guy that's managing that sort of looks over and said, oh, we're just having a miracle time here. He said, oh, what's that, hypnosis or, or miracles? I said, no, miracles, miracles with Jesus. So we just prayed and prayed and kept, kept going and eventually we got her to test it out and she started from just a bit like this to all the way up and pain pretty much gone and um, she walked away drunk <laughs> in the Holy Spirit. How, how good is that? Like when we know that, that God loves us, we can love others. You know, he says, this commandment I leave to you, to love God with all your heart, mind and soul and strength and love others as you love yourself. We can't love ourselves unless we know God loves us first. So it's always coming back to the basics because the basics is what keeps us on the path of what's right and what's good. So I just want to read some stuff on freedom as well. I'm just going to, there's snippets here, there's different things. I'm just going to jump around a bit. And there's going to be things for everybody here. So you might go, great, I've got my thing now. And let that just soak in your heart and let that release the goodness of God. There's another, another scripture. There's, we've been experiencing so much freedom just with the gospel. The gospel brings so much freedom. It's incredible. The scripture says that... Um, that all things are law, you know, through, through uh, righteousness and through, through freedom, all things are lawful. But it also says not all things are profitable. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23 to 24 it says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not, any, not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good but the good of others. And I just want to encourage us as well, as we walk into freedom, and this is not a rebuke at all, this is simply an encouragement because we have so much freedom. We've come out of like being 
like this, you know, clenched in because sin does that to you, to being released. And when we're released, we need to know what actually to do with this freedom. So freedom is amazing, but sometimes that can look different to different people. So always process, you know, when, when you're doing stuff in the freedom of God, like, like expressing your love for others and everything else, it's like, how does this look from the other side? Is this going to build people up? Is this going to honour and, and bless them or is this going to cause them to stumble? Because Paul was talking about you know, this stuff about eating um, meat that was branded for idols. And for him, idols, devils, Jesus is Lord over the lot. So really it made no difference. And he was walking in that revelation of freedom, but other people were stumbling, so he didn't eat that meat purely because of the fact that it was causing other weaker brothers and sisters that were still new in the faith, causing them to stumble, so he didn't. So just when we're walking in this freedom that we've got, always remember who's around, and if something you feel is going to cause someone else to stumble, don't do it. Do it at home, that's cool. But just always, everything we do, let's do it from love. Because all these things, revival starts from us, and revival means that we are living authentically, that we are living, representing the, the total goodness of God, His grace, His mercy, and we are thinking of others as well. There's an awesome scripture, in, which is 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about all these amazing things that we could do, move mountains, speak in tongues, um, give everything to the poor. But the awesome, there's an awesome part in the message translation that says, so no matter what I say, what I believe or what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So let everything we do always be seasoned with the love of God. We do everything from love. This one commandment I, I leave with you, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbours as yourself. As we make our lives based lived out based on the love of God, we'll never go bankrupt. And the world is looking for real love. They're looking for authentic. Love always wins. They'll know us because of our love. You know, God wants us to prosper. Because if we prosper, we can be a resource for his kingdom, but also because he wants us to prosper. He just loves us. In, in the book of uh, 3 John, it says, that, um, John prays and he says, I pray that you prosper just and are in good health just as your soul prospers. And I want to ask you tonight, if, how's your soul? Are you prospering? Are you prospering outwardly? If you're not, ask Holy Spirit to help you to understand how to prosper in your soul because as we prosper from within we prosper from without and people see again the manifest goodness of God because our lives are reflecting who we are. I love James 1 23 to 25 where it talks about how the word when we read it it's like a mirror it just reminds us of our identity in Christ and as we remember who we are, we just are unstoppable. But when we walk away from the word and we forget, then we actually forget who we are. And when we fall into temptation or sins or any of that sort of 
style of lifestyle. It's purely the fact that we have forgotten who we really are. Jumping through some notes. It's gonna just, just in closing. I just want to look at. Um, I just want to encourage people to start to look into what Paul wrote to the early church, especially in the book of Thessalonians one and two, and <coughs> Titus and um, <laughs> what's going on, uh, Titus and Timothy, because he gives us such wisdom on how to live, how to conduct our lives, how to lead. And the amazing thing, you know, as we're seeing people coming and we're seeing people going, God's calling people here, God's calling people out. What I want us to do is to recognise how Paul actually left an example and a legacy. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He planted heaps of churches. He spearheaded a reformation of righteousness. And he ran a lucrative tent-making business that supported himself and others. And church plants. So when we believe we are called somewhere, whether it's to go into this city or whether it's to go to another city or whether you've been called up here, I want you to look at Paul because Paul left an example. And the example was that we can build the kingdom. And he's given, and God, if he calls us somewhere, he gives us faith to believe for a job, to believe for an opportunity to create wealth and become a resource. And to live abundantly because we can sometimes get trapped in small thinking where we think, oh, God's called us, someone else will pay my bills. But that's not how it works. God calls you somewhere. He calls you to be a blessing, a resource. And I want us to, to, to really start to shift our, our thinking and our visual seeing because God wants us to be a blessing Abraham was the, the father of us, the, you know, all the sons of faith. And it says there that God blessed him to be a blessing to the nations. And as we shift our view and our thinking to seeing that we're not just called to a place, we're actually called to be a blessing, and we are called to be blessed to be a blessing, then we start to do things slightly differently. Because I, I was just so blessed, um, I'm on this Zoom group that um, meets once every week um, with all the, the Glory City Network. And um, there's a church over in Atlanta, a place called Aiken, and this incredible young couple got an incredibly young church. They've been collecting tithes and offerings for a little bit, and they last week bought a building outright from their tithes and offerings. They didn't even have to take a special offering to, to start a building fund. They actually had a generous church that, that resourced the church to be able to buy a building and to create a space in their city to love the city. And I believe as we start to understand that we are blessed to be a blessing, that we are a resource, we never run out. The more we give, the more God gives. We will become a blessing to this city. See, it takes more than just prayers to win a city. It takes us grabbing hold of the word, letting it show us who we are, giving us a promise that we fight for and receive and walk in 
and it releases us to be extraordinary people. So I've got heaps more I can cover, but it's getting on. So I want us to just, I just want everyone to close their eyes right now. John, can I get you to just come up and play? Thanks. Sorry. If there's people here that are, that are struggling in anywhere in their lives with the Lord or just things aren't quite working out, I want you to know that God loves you still. If you've done things wrong, you go, I know that God wouldn't be happy with that. God still loves you. You've just simply forgotten parts of who you are. But you're still a son and a daughter of God. And Jesus said in the book of John that he sent Holy Spirit as our helper. And I want us tonight, if we're struggling in any areas of our lives, whether it's faith, whether it's acknowledging Jesus as Lord and making him our master, letting him have the final say, whatever it is, or whether it's our soul's not prospering, so our life's not reflecting prosperity. I want you to ask Holy Spirit to help. He does. He helps me. Man, I've struggled with, you know, my biggest struggle has been fear. Fear of not seeing the promises of God fulfilled. But because I've gone to the Holy Spirit for help, He's changed everything. He's changed the way I think. I'm sure Ruth, could, you know me from our journey, like we've changed, hey. We've got hold of something that's really changed our lives. We had something, but now we really have something in our lives that's changed everything. And now we can help change this community. We can help change this city. We can help change this nation. And that's what God wants for all of us. He wants us to change. He wants us to get it. He wants us to understand we're loved always. He wants us to understand that His promises for us to walk out so tonight this is the prayer I'm all in Jesus come and help me Holy Spirit to allow Christ to be formed in me wake me up open my eyes to who I am thank you Holy Spirit that's simple God loves each one of us he wants the best for us he wants us to be blessed to be a blessing the world is waiting there's a scripture that talks about how the world is anxiously waiting to see the revealing of the sons and daughters of God sons and daughters of God are people that know who they are that they walk in their full authority they walk in the fullness of the love of the Father that they walk authentically and that's who God is calling us to be He's saying, wake up, wake up, wake up to who I've made you. So Father, in Jesus' name right now, we say we're all in. Jesus, we are all in. Come Holy Spirit, help us to allow Jesus to be formed in us. Wake us up, open our eyes that we may know who we are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the incredible good news you've given to us. In Jesus' name.
We were going to do a fire tunnel, but I think we're a bit late and everyone's going to go a bit too late. So we'll do that another time. Thanks, time I'm up. Um, we're going to need some help tonight because all the help team has gone camping. <laughs> they knew, didn't they? 